0: And I'd like to take for a scripture reading, and I've got a big topic this morning, so i ask for your patience. We'd like to start our scripture reading this morning in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 1. So we're going to the very beginning of the Bible. And uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And then I'd like to drop down to the 14th verse in this chapter. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven, of the heaven, to divide the day from the night, and to let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, or in years, And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven, to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven, to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And I'd like to stop right there. And I'd like to take for a, for a, a thought to this morning. Uh, let there be light. Let there be light. And now there's a few observations that we make from this. And that is, first and foremost, as we see the world in its original state and origin, that it was void and it was without form and darkness was upon the face of the waters or upon the deep. Because God hasn't created the dry ground yet, has He? The earth is completely covered by water. And it stands in darkness, doesn't it? And that's exactly how we are when we're born. <laughs> we don't like to think of it that way, but that's the truth. I mean, we're born and we're born in that same kind of fashion. And so we're going to see here, God has to speak, doesn't he? He speaks and he says, let there be light. But as we read, he doesn't create the sun and the moon until later, uh, unto the fourth day of creation. But here he says, let there be light, and there was light, isn't there? I think that lights the glory of God. I really do, and that that's that glory of God uh, is a divider. Uh, it divides the day from the night, and uh, and so we see here that it's said here in this uh, verses of uh, or in this scripture reading that we read uh, in verse four. It said, "God divided the light from the darkness," and then as we read down a little further. God divided the light from the darkness. Again he reiterates that point that the light and the dark uh, are divided. They're not they don't have they don't have fellowship one with another, do they? When one is appeared, the other one is absent. And actually you can see this that darkness is present prior to light becoming uh prior to the presence of light. And so, light actually causes darkness to scatter away, doesn't it? And so when darkness reigns, it's not because there is no light. It's be- well, it's because there is no light. It's not because darkness has conquered it, is kind of the thought I wanted to think of there, where I tried, where I wanted to go. But we see here, uh, that God has created the heavens and the earth. And he says, let there be light. And so, uh, you know, we're going through creation and God created all things. But now I want to look for just a minute over in, uh, in, and you don't have to turn over there every time I turn, but we're going to look in for in, John, in the Gospel of John, in the first chapter of John, because uh, John begins his Gospel in the same way that the book of Genesis begins, in the beginning. Uh, and John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now that word there means logos, or that the, the divine, uh, the, the divine standard. Uh, And that's what all of us are called, uh, what all of us will be measured by is the divine standard. And the same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And that's a point that's picked up by the psalmist in the 33rd division of the Psalms where it says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. Uh, but that's not the point that I want to touch on here. Uh, John goes on a little further, and he talks about this, and it says, in him, meaning that word, was life, was the life, and, uh, and the life was the light of men. And, uh, and then in the ver- the fifth verse, it says, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now that word that is trans. Lated there as comprehended. And I think most of us know what it means to comprehend something right it means to have an understanding about it uh it means to to know what it is that you're talking about uh and to a certain degree uh that is true and it's per, to perceive but the word here that's translated uh the greek word that is translated as comprehended is katallambano uh it's a verb uh and here's what it means uh it means to take eagerly that is to seize And so here we read in John's iteration of creation that the darkness, it doesn't just want to coexist with the light, does it? The darkness wants to seize the light. The darkness wants to dominate the light. And the darkness wants to conquer the light, doesn't it? We would like to think that... That's not the case, but that's just simply the case. Darkness never wants to live peaceably with light. The light will live peaceably. Now, John goes on a little further, and he talks about John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist was, a, was a, a man who was sent from God, and he was a witness. He was sent to bear witness of that light, uh, which was Christ. Um, and uh, and that John the Baptist was not that true light, um, but that that true light had come into the world. Uh, and in verse 10, John writes this, and it says that he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Uh, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. And so we can see here that just as it was in the day of creation when the world stood in darkness, and God said, let there be light, that even here... Here at the manifestation of Jesus Christ, and that is His being born into the world, uh, that here Jesus is in the world, uh, tr- the true light of God, uh, and uh, the world didn't even know it. It was completely ignorant to the fact that the true light of God had been born into the world in Bethlehem. Nevertheless, the nature of darkness remains the same, doesn't it? It, That darkness wants to dominate your life. And it's not just that it dominates the life of those that are are not believers, because it does, and we're going to touch on that here in just a minute. It does dominate the life of those who haven't believed. But we look at an instance here where, as soon as Jesus is manifested to Israel, and that was really what John's one of John's real jobs was to make manifest unto Israel that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, had come into the world; that that true light had presented Himself before His own people. And whereas when He was born and as He was being uh, as He was being raised. Uh, through ignorance. They did not know He was in the world. Here at the baptism of John, He's made manifest, isn't He? And God told John, He said, upon whom you see the Spirit of God descending as a dove and landing on Him and remaining on Him, that's Him, isn't it? That's the one who bears the true light. And so here uh, we see that after Jesus is baptized that immediately the Spirit of God whisks Him away, doesn't it, into the wilderness whereby 40, during the period or the span of 40 days and 40 nights he's tempted by satan. Now there's a, there's something isn't it that those of us that are saved if we believe that we are by virtue of being saved not going to be tempted of the devil uh we're fooling ourselves aren't we because the darkness which is uh, imp- which is personified in satan uh and in those that followed after him that darkness which is personified in them if they are so bold if he is so bold that he would attack Christ, we shouldn't be so foolish as to think that He would not do the same to us. And you say, well, why would He do that? And why would He do that if He can't touch us? If He can't take away our salvation, why would He come after us? And the answer is very simple. And it is because He doesn't want you to be an influence on somebody else who's already under the spell of His dominion. You see, there's a difference, isn't there? Satan already knows what his end is. And all the angels that fell with him from heaven, they already know what their end is. They know that that God has created a place for them to exist in for eternity. That day is coming, isn't it? where they'll be permanently abolished. They'll be permanently cast into the lake of fire. But what you need to understand is if you're here and you're lost today, here's Satan's goal. I know my end and I want to make sure that I have as much company as possible. I've heard people say time and time again, uh, even before I got saved and even after I've been saved, when you're talking to people uh, and they're considering life and, and they want to live up and they want to have a good time while they're in this world, and I want to have a good time while I'm in this world. I want to enjoy life. I want to do the things uh, that God will permit me to do. Uh, one of the things I love to do, which I never ever imagined that I would love to do it, I love to come to the Lord's house. I love to try to preach. <laughs> I have a great desire. <laughs> to One day, what Brother Matlock talked about, to see people in droves again, experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit and falling down and begging God to save their soul. And when they come up, they're
1: completely changed.
0: I was raised in a little old regular Baptist church, so doctrinally, where there's a few differences. But in substance, we agree more than we disagree. They're a little more—they're too Calvinistic, but... <laughs> even they've split over that. Some of them don't think they're Calvinistic enough, so they started their own association and said, we're the old, old ones. <laughs> and I kind of... I Facetiously say, when you put the old, word old in front of it, what that really is a substitution for is that we're more pure than you are. And it's just not true. But I preached in, uh, in one of their churches for my, my grandmother's funeral, and so we agree more than we disagree. But we read where God says he divided the light from the day. And if you've, ever, if you've truly been saved, that should be noticeable, shouldn't it? I'll, I'll touch on my, uh, my great-uncle. I'm just going to touch on my great-uncle. I can't speak for anybody else. I can speak for him, though, because I knew him. And uh, mom, I've heard my mother and I heard my grandpa when he was alive talk about him because it was his brother. And he was very rough. When he was uh, when he wasn't saved, when the darkness had to hold of him and, and, and but he got under conviction. And when he came up from when he when he got saved, mom said he was a completely different person. Completely different. The things that he enjoyed before he no longer enjoyed. He no longer found satisfaction. As a matter of fact, what you may find yourself doing, you may get saved, and you may still be trying to fit in with the group that you ran with before. God divided the light from the day, didn't He? Best lesson my mom ever taught me. You're only as good as the company that you keep. I I heard it all the time. Every day before I would leave the house, mom would say, you better remember, you're only as good as the company that you keep. If you lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. But people like to look at Christ and say, Christ came into the world and made everything, and every person the same. Made them righteous. But God said he brought but Christ said that he brought a sword, didn't he? You know what that sword does? It still does the same thing today, doesn't it, as it did there at the dawn of creation. It it divides, doesn't it? You know what it divides? It divides the light from the dark, doesn't it? Matthew chapter 4 says the the devil leaveth him. This is after Jesus has rejected Satan, and Satan has thrown his very best things that he has to offer him. And those best things were things that you can see with your eyes, isn't it? I can give you fame, I can give you power, I can give you money, I can make you a ruler over the nations of this world. I can satisfy your hunger. But it's a worldly hunger, isn't it? Jesus said, men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. And so we see here, It says that the devil leaveth him after he had rejected him, and he had defeated him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came, and he dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the, upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulun and Nephtali, or or Nepthalim is the way it's stated in the New Testament, but that's where it's at. It's the borders, the borders of Zebulun and Nephtalim, Nephtali, and that is uh, in Capernaum, where Jesus would come to dwell, or come to dwell after upon departing Nazareth. And it says that it might be be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, uh, or by uh, by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "In the land of Zebulun, the, in the land of Nephalim, uh, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness." saw great light. They saw a light that no person prior to them had ever beheld. Not since God spoke upon the face of the earth and said, let there be light, and the light and the day were divided. You see, they had come to worship those two discs in the sky in so many ways. And they would look at the sun and they would give it the title of the king of heaven and they would look at the moon and give it the title of the queen of heaven and they would worship it and they would worship uh, different variations around it. And that time of ignorance, God winked at is what Paul said. But now it is commanded for all men everywhere that they should repent. Because why? Because light has come into the world. Light has come. Jesus has come into the world. Jesus has manifested Himself. And notice how He manifested Himself. He didn't manifest Himself in some great way, did He? Well, Satan, he manifests himself with a lot of pomp and circumstance, doesn't he? Satan wants the preeminence. And Satan wants to be acknowledged as preeminent. Satan wants you to look at him as something to be desired. But you know what? The truth is, if light's in you, you don't need a lot of pomp and circumstance, do you? Paul touched on that. Paul touched on that here in just a minute. I'm going to touch on uh, where he wrote over in, uh, uh, over in uh, the Philippian letter. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna flip over there real quick. Philippians, I believe it's chapter 2. And, uh, and, and it says here in Philippians chapter 2, uh, that Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Here he is, the true light that is in the world. Uh, Christ makes himself of no reputation. You know, everything in this life, it revolves around reputation, doesn't it? We often look at people, whether or not they are good or bad, based upon their reputation alone. Where do you think the saying, your your reputation precedes you, comes from? Christ made Himself of no reputation. Here He is, God in the flesh, and He could have presented Himself in glory, couldn't He? But here he presents himself of no reputation and takes upon him the self of the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Remember, I said that the darkness, the real goal of darkness is to apprehend. It's to apprehend the light if it can't understand it, doesn't it? And that's exactly what we see happen as we go back and we look here. Uh, the fulfillment of the uh, the ninth chapter of Isaiah, uh, we've already touched on that uh, in Mark and Matthew chapter 4. Uh, but we study here just for a few minutes longer, and I'm not going to tear your uh, patience here much longer that that relationship between the darkness and the light, it has existed from the very beginning of the creation, uh, and that the darkness has always wanted to conquer it, uh, but it just can't, can it? You know, it just can't. It never will be able to. We touched on Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel is a perfect uh, example of this of this uh, exact thing here of the darkness wanting to conquer the light if it can't comprehend it it lays hold on it doesn't it it lays seize upon it and uh and if it can't comprehend it if it can't do that then it'll apprehend it and take it by force and it will overcome it wrong that's already been proven wrong matthew chapter twenty six verse forty seven and while he spake, being Jesus, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him uh, a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. The darkness came to comprehend to seize the light, didn't it? Because it could not comprehend the teachings of Christ. It could not comprehend the teachings of truth because they did not know the truth. They did not know God. Remember what the what John wrote. He was in the world, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Because they did not know him, did they? They were still in the state that Jeremiah wrote about. They were uncircumcised in their heart. And as a lot of debate rages over whether you should or shouldn't circumcise young men, I'll tell you this right now, go ahead and circumcise their flesh. If they never get circumcised in their heart, it doesn't matter. Because that circumcision was nothing more than a token of the fact that Abraham, who left Ur of the Chaldees, uh, that Abraham had first been circumcised in his heart. And God said, that's This circumcision in your flesh is a token between me and you. It's a token of what had happened. Abraham, he got saved, didn't he? He was raised in darkness and he left it, didn't he? You can't be of the light and have fellowship with darkness. I've heard young people ask me all the time, how do you witness to your friends? And I said, "It's really simple. When sinners entice thee, don't tell them no." <laughs> I, I could I, I, that the other part of that verse slipped my mind there for a minute. When sinners entice thee, just don't go with them. And you say, "Well, you, they're not going to like me." No, they won't. They'll probably talk bad about you. But God told Joshua the exact same thing was going to happen to you, Joshua. But don't get discouraged. Be strong and of a good courage. And let not the words of this book depart from your mouth. Sit and meditate on the things of God. Study on the things of God. Commune with the things of God and the people of God. Well, the darkness thought they had done, a good, done something big when they took Christ, didn't they? And they put Him on a mock trial. And they humiliated Him before the world. You know what? They didn't humiliate Him. He allowed all that to happen. He said, Do you not know presently I could call ten legions of angels and be delivered from you? And so we know that, that Christ did it all. Why did He do it? Well, when Christ hung on the cross and He died and He gave up the ghost, it was dark for those that period of time. Darkness thought it had won, didn't it? It thought it had won. But then Mary and a few others went to go to the tomb that morning, and they encountered an angel, didn't they? In the glory of God, they encountered an angel. An the angel said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And you know what's amazing? You know what's amazing about uh, the ninth chapter of the book of uh, And we're going to touch on this as it is the Christmas season. Uh, We're going to touch on this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah wrote this, didn't he? He said, For unto us a child is Born, he's writing about Christ. You know, uh, you know, thousands of years before that Christ would be born into the world. But he's writing about his birth in the past tense, isn't he? It's so certain that he's going to be born into the world that that Isaiah writes about it in the past tense. For unto us a son is born, meaning it's all he's already been born, but. That's how certain His arrival in the in the world would be. That's how certain His victory would be, isn't it? And so that's what we see happen there at the resurrection. Uh, we see that the victory of light over darkness is sealed forever, isn't it? And it's settled in heaven. Uh, and I'm thankful that that's the case. Uh, we read here, uh, and what's the difference between Christ and any of the other mythical figures? That is, after He was resurrected... He was seen, wasn't he? It's not if Christ was resurrected. It is that Christ was resurrected that we celebrate because he is the one who won the victory, isn't he? Victory was won at Calvary. When death thought, when when the darkness thought that it had finally
1: conquered the light.
0: Paul writes, and I'm going to close with just a couple more verses. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5 through 9, he says, And that he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve, that's after Mary, and after that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once. whereat In Capernaum, in Galilee, where to the people in darkness shone a bright light. Of whom the greater part of them remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen of James, and of, all, of and then of all the apostles, and of all that he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. And so Paul lays out all of those who who witnessed, didn't they, the resurrected Christ. But Peter got a glimpse, Peter, James, and John got a glimpse of what was coming on the Mount of Transfiguration when Christ was transfigured. Well, this Jesus that we see now is completely different from the Jesus that was born in the manger, isn't it? He's completely different in all of his glory. In Romans chapter 17 and 18, he says, For I am the first and the last. And earlier in that chapter, he calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. And then I'm finished with this last verse. The darkness that tried to conquer the light. And if you're here today and you're lost, He didn't die for himself. He died that you would be saved. He died that you would have the opportunity to share in the glory that he had before the world was and that he had asked of his Father there on the top of the Mount of Olives that he be restored with. He asked for that so that he might share it with you. In his victory, he spoiled all principalities, didn't he? And he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. For Jesus is the king of glory, didn't he? God said, let there be light. And I'll tell you today, Jesus has made a way possible where if you are living in the darkness of sin, he has made a way whereby that darkness can break through and the day star can arise in your heart. And all of those sins which you carry can be, can be forgiven. That's what he came into the world to do. He came into the world so that the world through him might be saved. Not that it would be condemned, but that it would be saved. That it, the world would know the light of God. That's our message this morning. Brother Williams, if you've got a song,